the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Ephesians 2.10 For we are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which He prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them. Living the good life which He prearranged and made ready for us to live. You know, this past week I had a flat tire. I had a flat tire, and you know what? It wasn't in my plan. I had not planned to have a flat tire. It wasn't in my plan, but it was definitely part of my day, and there was no ignoring it. If I choose to see that flat tire as an interruption, then the plan was ruined, and my day was ruined along with it, and I experienced a lot of frustration to go with it. But that flat tire is a part of my day, whether I choose to receive it as a part of my day or not. Therefore, I believe that there was a purpose in it. It was not a useless interruption. Now, I'm not talking about being an optimist or seeing the glass half full. What I'm talking about is the reality that you are not in a plan by your own creation. And you were not created for a plan. But that verse specifically speaks this truth, that your Heavenly Father created a plan for you. And your life is in that plan. You're not participating, just participating. You are literally part of His plan for you. Now, it's important for you to see that. Because if you believe that you're just participating in a plan, then you have this constant angst of maybe I'm in it or maybe I'm not. Maybe I fell in it or maybe I fell out. Maybe I am participating in the will of God or maybe that I've somehow fallen out of the will of God or missed the will of God. You're constantly searching and hoping that that maybe, just maybe, Maybe you've got your life in the right groove for the plan of God. I want to tell you something. It's important for you to understand that God 
in his sovereignty, looked out, and he saw what was going to be born to him. He said, This child, Todd Granger, is mine. He will be born unto me and will be my creation. And for him, I have a plan. It's not your plan. It's not anybody else's plan. And it won't look like anybody else's plan. It's my plan. Why is that so important? Because, guys, don't we just go through life wondering if somehow we've missed the plan of God sometimes? Don't we wonder that? Don't we go around worrying about whether we, we took a wrong turn here or whether somehow we, uh, we made a wrong decision there and, and the plan of God has been distorted or twisted out of shape? Don't we do that? I've done it. Well, you know what? You're going to see that that question, that doubt about whether or not we're in the plan of God or whether or not the plan of God is working is something that you will be challenged with on a daily basis. If, if you haven't recognized that, you are, you're missing it. But you're going to be challenged on a daily basis, and Paul was challenged with it. That brings me to my text, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. I'm going to read both of them. For you yourselves, Paul speaking to the Thessalonians, he says, For you yourself know, brethren, that our coming among you was not useless and fruitless. But though we had already suffered and had been outrageously treated at Philippi, as you know, and he's going to say that a lot, as you know, yet in the strength of our God we summoned courage to proclaim to you unfaltering the good news, the gospel, with earnest contention and much conflict and great opposition. Now it appears that Paul's addressing some kind of accusation that was made against him, against his character, and against the message that he brought. Look at that verse 1 again. It says, For you yourselves know, brethren, that our coming among you was not useless or fruitless. Now, how many of you recognize that accusation? That what you're in is useless. That what you're doing is fruitless. That your life may be useless. That your relationship may be useless. That what God is doing in your life is fruitless. I want to tell you as a pastor, it's, it's an accusation I hear fairly often. The enemy often tries to get me to judge the work of God, the plan of God for my life or the ministry that He's called me into. And He wants me to make that judgment based on what I see. But listen, here's the reality of it. I believe that I am God's child. I believe that I have been placed in His plan, and that He has a specific plan for my life. I believe that if it is my heart to know Him and to seek Him and to live for Him in obedience, that it is not a guessing game for me. The reality is that I am living in the plan of God, a plan specifically created for me. You know what that means? There is no accidents in my life. It means I can't screw this up. It means that everything that is going to take place in my life, my Father knew from the beginning of time, and He has appropriated it for the greater work of forming and shaping me unto His image. Oh, am I going to do everything right? No, I didn't say that. Am I going to be perfect? No, I didn't say that. 
But here's what I can do. I can go forward in confidence. I can go forward in confidence in the plan of God. My plan created for me. The neat thing about this plan is that it accommodates my weaknesses with His strength. The the neat thing about that plan is it accommodates my failures with His victories. The neat thing about this plan is that there is nothing that my life will do that He has not already compensated with His own. That every need has already been met in Christ Jesus. There's confidence in that. You know, the world will have you absolutely frantic about your future, about what's going to happen to your life. For those who aren't married, whether or not you will marry. For those who are married, whether or not you'll be able to make the marriage work. Whether or not the job works out. Whether or not you're going to grow old gracefully. Or whether or not you're going to have the right insurance. Or whether or not you're going to live in a safe neighborhood. Or whether or not you're going to have enough money to bank the bills. Or whether or not... And on and on and on and on. And you know what? I remember a story that Mike Wells tells about an Indian, a Hindu, that goes into a Christian bookstore. And he looks around and he sees all of these books, marriage, finances, raising children, you know, everything, you know, burying a loved one. There's a book for everything. There are thousands of books in there. And he goes in there and he walks up to the owner, the Indian walks up to the owner of the bookstore and he says, Wow! He says, This, this is unbelievable. And the owner says, yeah, we got a lot of books, don't we? He says, yes, you do. He says, I just have one question. He says, what's that? He says, don't you Christians know how to do anything? Well, you know what? That's a reality. We better learn about it or we're going to fail. If we don't have all of the T's crossed and the I's dotted, we're going to fall out of the plan of God. If we don't approach it with just the right voice, if we do not read just the right Scriptures, if we do not pray in just the right order, if we do not get it just right, we're going to miss it. Listen, you are held by the hand of God. You are His child. Don't see yourself as quite that vulnerable. God has a plan. Paul starts with the word, you know. In other words, he's saying, the evidence is within you, Thessalonians. The evidence is within you for the work of God, that the work of God took place. You listen, Thessalonians. You don't have to listen to the accusation of the enemy. You don't have to listen to the lies that he would speak to you about the value of what God has done here. You don't have to take in the accusations that maybe you're suffering in vain or about my character. You don't have to take all of that in and embrace hopelessness and despair and walk away, you know, recall is basically what he's saying. You know, recall. Paul's calling the Thessalonians to remember. Remember what God has done and believe in what God is doing. Remember in 1 Thessalonians, we read this and we talked about this. Chapter 1, verse 5, Paul recounts and he says, For our preaching of the glad tidings of the gospel came to you, speaking to the Thessalonians, came to you not only in word, 
but also in its inherent power and in the Holy Spirit with great conviction and absolute certainty on our part. You know, it repeats it, you know what kind of men we proved ourselves to be among you. Paul calls the Thessalonians to remember, to recall, to affirm by recognition and by faith the work of God. And in this short chapter, you're going to hear, for you know, three times. He also writes, for as well you know. He also writes, for you recall. And he also writes, for you are our witnesses. Do you think maybe he's trying to stimulate their memory? Do you think maybe he's trying to get them to recall the work of God? Listen, here's the reality. There's a little phrase that I learned. Let the years speak against the minutes. Let the years speak against the minutes. Here's the truth. That in life, the accuser is always active. He's always telling you, you don't have hope, but yet God has been your hope from the beginning. He's always telling you, things will fall apart, yet God has held you together from the first day you drew breath. He's always telling you that you don't have any protection, yet God has protected you from the beginning. And you know what? If Christians would let the years speak against the minute, they would spend a whole lot less time in despair and hopelessness. They would recount the salvation of the Lord. If they would recall His healing. If they would recount His deliverance. If they would embrace what He has already done in their lives. Listen, you could just go back to salvation. Go back to the day when He took every sin that you ever committed. And every sin that you ever will commit. And He washed every bit of it away. That He took it all away. That He took your history. He took your abuses. He took your, your weaknesses. He took it all upon Himself. And He gave you His life. He recreated you in His image to share union with His life. Just go back to that. Let the enemy tell you you don't have hope and you can point back to the day that He gave you His life. You say, i got hope. I won't hear it. I won't embrace it. I won't embrace a lie. I'll embrace the truth. I have hope, and God has a plan for me. Paul calls the Thessalonians to remember, to recall, to affirm by recognition and by faith the work of God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, Paul speaks of him and his companions, and he makes this comment. He says, we recall, or we are recalling unceasingly, Before our God and Father, your work energized by faith and service motivated by love and unwavering hope in the return of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Paul says we recall unceasingly before God. Paul is saying that we are ever rehearsing the truth before God. We are renewing our minds in prayer with the reality of God's ongoing work in your life. That's what renewing your mind is. It's not just about Scripture. Scriptures are great if you can keep them there. It's also about everything that God has done and is doing. It's about the reality that He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. It's about the truth of your union in Him. It's about the truth of His peace within you, a peace that passes all understanding. It's the truth about His Spirit within you. The Spirit that will absolutely flood your mind, will, and emotion and bring balance 
It's about all of those things. It's about the God of your salvation. When you read the Psalms, and you hear David, and you watch him, and you watch him go up and down, up and down, up and down. You know, where are you, God? Where are you? Here I am, I'm put upon all the enemies around me. I'm going to be overwhelmed. They're going to be picking their teeth with my bones. You know, they're just going to ride right over me. Where are you, God? Why don't you deliver me? And then in the next verse, great is my God, my strength, my deliverer. Now look, he has changed his focus. He has turned his eyes from himself to God. And he's renewing his mind with the truth of his God. That's what God calls us to do. Paul is asking the Thessalonians to defeat the accusation of the enemy by recalling what God has done and the fruit that God brought forth in their lives. You know what? If we don't choose to renew our minds with the work and the word of God by recalling before him the truth, the reality is that we will fill our minds with the word and the work of the enemy. That's what's going to happen. You're going to choose one or the other. Determine that before God and man that you will declare the truth of who you are and whose you are. You are loved unconditionally. And the work of God is not just part of your life, it is your life. And you do not live in futility or without hope. You have the life of the true vine within you, and you do bear fruit as a child of God. If you just declare that, you'll renew your hope. Just declare that. Look in the mirror and say, I am loved. Look in the mirror and say, I am unconditionally loved. The enemy wants to actually use the difficulties of our life to prove that we're living in futility that we've missed God, that somehow we miss living in the will of God. And he'll point out, he'll always point to the circumstances around you. And he says, you see that over there? But he speaks in first person singular in a voice that sounds just like you. He says, look, it's just not going well. I don't know what I did wrong. I don't know where I made the wrong turn. Why isn't God blessing me? And then you own it. You say... I don't know why God's not blessing me. Well, look what's wrong with that statement. Number one, the accusation is that God doesn't want to bless you. Number two, the accusation is that God doesn't bless you. Number three, you are defining blessings without God. You are defining blessings. When did you start using the dictionary of the enemy? When did you start seeing prosperity and the world as the blessing of God? When did you become in charge of defining what God's blessing is? Do you see the arrogance of the enemy? Do you see the work that he does? How quickly he distorts and twists our minds? Because we'll own the deception You can do that. Or you can declare the truth. You know what? If your heart is to know the truth, if your heart is to own the truth, if your heart is to walk in the truth, the Spirit of God will make it very plain to you what is truth. He divides. He divides between soul and spirit. You know why He divides between soul and spirit? Well, the Spirit is always true. It is. You're in union with Christ in your spirit. But the soul is not. 
The soul is a vacuum. It's always receiving. The question is where? From what? And from who? In the soul there is distortion. It is the mind, will, and emotions that are constantly being pulled upon by the world, by the enemy, and by this flesh. It's always distortion. But the spirit will divide. He comes with the sword of truth and he divides. And he says, now, okay, that wasn't God. That little voice said, God's not blessing me. That's not the truth. And in your heart, you know it's right. And you immediately stop and you say, wait a minute. God is blessing me. You know how I know I'm being blessed? You want to know how I know I'm being blessed? You think I'm going to name a hundred things I could. But I'll tell you how I know I'm being blessed. I'm alive. I'm alive. There's only one reason God leaves me alive. To know Him. Can you think of a bigger blessing than that? A greater blessing than that? I can't. We choose to renew our mind with the work and the Word of God. We begin to gain hope. If we choose to allow the enemy to define life for us, we begin to lose hope. But if we choose to recall or know for ourselves or recall the work of God or how the truth of God has been manifested in our lives and continues to be manifested in our lives, then we live in hope. That little phrase that Paul uses down there says, was not useless in the Amplified or worthless in some of the other translations. You may see that. It could more accurately be rendered, is not, or is not becoming, or has not become. In other words, Paul is saying to them, your lives continue to prove that the work of God was not fruitless. Have you ever thought of your life that way? I don't care if you've been living in rebellion the last however many years. I don't care if you've been living in rebellion. I don't care if you have purposely denied the work of God. Your life will still continue to prove the truth of God. It will. You can sit in that chair and tell me there's no such thing as gravity. You can even try to prove it to me, which would be quite hilarious. be rather funny if we don't have to call the EMS. But the reality is that gravity is a truth. Whether you can prove it or not, it's a truth. You are a child of God. If you've received Him, He is your life. And the truth is being proved out in you. The truth is being proved out by His life in you. Your life is not fruitless, it's not useless, and it's not worthless. Now, we've all had days when everything seemed hopeless. We've all had days when things seemed like they just weren't going to go right, when, when life seems to be taking a bad turn, when, when we can't feel good about what's going on in life. And you know what? usually why that happens? You know why that, that occurs in us? Because we have been listening to the enemy, and we have bought in to his lie, and we have become un. Believing. A person without hope is unbelieving. You say, well, that's awful harsh. I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm telling you the truth. 
if you have lost hope, you have lost focus. You are not looking at your God. You are not accounting for what He has done for you. You are not reckoning upon His life within you. You are looking at yourself and your own weaknesses and the strength of this world. If you have lost hope, you are unbelieving. You want to regain hope? You want hope to be restored in your life? It's time to recount and recall the work of God. It's time to renew your mind with the truth and quit rehearsing the devil's lie. Heavenly Father, thank You. Thank You that we do not have to create a plan for ourselves or try to adapt ourselves to a plan. But Lord, that You have a specific plan that has encompassed everything in our life, every detail, every doubt, every fear, everything that we'll encounter. And you have literally shielded us and protected us and kept us in every moment. And that you yourself will meet every need with your life. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining Pastor Todd Granger for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation, rest in His life moment by moment, and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. If you'd like to know more, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And you're invited to join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If you would like to help support this ministry, send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. And finally, this coming week, our hope is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you. And remember, wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.